Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. This podcast brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And this is your Monday morning NBA weekend recap and brand new. We're adding best bets to the show as well. Joining me as he does every Monday, Albert Wynn, the analytics capper. You can join and follow him on Twitter at analytics capper. Find him in the Action Network app. Albert, how was your weekend? Weekend from a betting standpoint, Matt, it was the best weekend I've ever had. Whoa. Uh, yeah. I hit a 20, 20 to one long shot in golf, which was awesome. Went undefeated in the NBA 4 0 uh, on Saturday and Sunday and was cleaning up college basketball. So it was a great weekend for me. Personally, though, with a similar story with, with you, kids are sick. So a little like, I uh, got to take care of them and, and make sure they're good. But it's nice being home, watching all the sports and, and make money at the same time. I was gone for three weekends in a row. This is the first weekend I've been home in four weeks. So it's been awesome just to be back uh, at home. Glad Another phenomenal weekend of hoops. Just absolutely phenomenal. College basketball, NBA, great games abound. We'll get to all those today. We're going to talk about the Eastern Conference and a little bit about the matchups and kind of what we think about the conference as it stands with some recent developments. We'll take a look at all of that. Uh, we will also, we'll go over the weekend recaps, the most important covers in the mic drop. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about six-man as there is a new player rising up the board in very annoying fashion. So we're going to get to that as well as on today's show. And we'll give you best bets for Monday. So if you want to hear best bets for Monday, uh, we'll put it in the episode description so you can go ahead and get to those. Uh, we will have best bets for Monday on this episode as well. But let's go ahead and start with the conversation on the Eastern Conference matchups. So as we start here... Uh, the Celtics plus 135, the Bucks plus 150, the Sixers plus 750, the Cavs plus 1200, the Heat 25 to 1. The Boston Celtics lose two in a row this weekend. They suffered a bizarre loss on Friday 
just an absolutely berserk loss on Friday, uh, going up by 28, 28, and then to the Nets, who traded everyone, and then the Nets <laughs> storm back and get the win on Friday night. Then, in double overtime, the Celtics suffer a heartbreaker to the New York Knicks. Uh, shouts all the Knicks fans that work for Action Network who are very excited about uh, how this has transpired. I'm checking the board right now. Yeah, okay, numbers haven't moved after that that Celtics um, loss, which I'm not surprised at. We are going to be getting into range here where, like, my, my 56 and a half Celtics under has a heartbeat. It's got a pulse. It's faint. It's faint. But I they're might be able to get with home you, on that. Uh, going to lose stuff you. like the 53 and a half and 54 and a half, I bet. But the 55 and a half and 56 and a half, I might be okay. Um, at the same time, like we look at this number, right? And it's plus 135, Bucks plus 150. The Bucks now, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, going to have home court throughout the playoffs as they started today. And now they're up by a full two games in the loss column. Um, don't know if that's necessarily like, you know, like a huge factor in all this, or if it's it's like obviously something the Celtics can catch up with. Uh, my question for you right now is the books have treated Boston as a favorite since like the second week of the season. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Boston Celtics should be the favorite right now? Should there be a favorite between the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks right now? I think they still should be the favorite. Um, there's still some question marks when it comes to the Bucks. I think Chris Middleton, I know he's coming back from injuries now, but it's been lingering and he hasn't looked like the same. I'm just talking from like like a athletic burst point of view. Uh, the Celtics, they're looking up now. They've lost two in a row, I think three of the last four games. They are in second place in the East. And if they continue to slide, if they were to meet the Denver Nuggets in the finals, Denver is going to have home court advantage. So um, they can't mess around with these games here. You mentioned it, really bad loss Friday night, bad loss tonight in double overtime to the Knicks. Impressive win for New York. But to answer your question, I still think they should be favored. I think odds makers are looking at the fact that, um, you know, guys have been out. You know, Robert Williams was out today. So that's why you saw the Knicks just feasting on the inside. And they are the defending Eastern Conference champions. They were one game away uh, last season from winning it all. So I, I still think they have less question marks because I think with the Bucks, the Chris Middleton thing. Um, but I really like the 76ers as a dark horse. Mm, okay. So let's talk about the other big game from the weekend, which was the Sixers and the Bucks met in a matchup on Saturday. Phenomenal game. Uh, yeah. Bucks seem to have it in hand, stretched the lead out, finally got some separation in that third quarter. Sixers storm back. James Harden, Joel Embiid, clutch buckets late. The Bucks offense kind of falls apart again. Um, there have been suggestions that the Sixers can match up with the Bucks, but not the Celtics. The mm-hmm. Celtics can match up with the Sixers, but not the Bucks. Uh, and the Bucks can match up with the Celtics, but not the Sixers. And the Sixers can match up with the Bucks and not the Celtics. I think I got all those right. Um, so they're like, there's this this three way kind of rock paper. Somebody called it rock paper Celtics, which I thought was really funny. Um, in the East, the numbers have said that the, the actually I was surprised at how dominant Milwaukee's kind of been in these matchups versus the Sixers. Mm-hmm. But with how good the Sixers team is, and with the offensive inconsistency of the Milwaukee Bucks, do you think that there's that? Look, I think it's easy to say that the Bucs are a better matchup for the Sixers and the Celtics because that's a low bar. That Sixers team cannot get past Boston for whatever reason. But do you kind of lean towards the Sixers' way 
after getting this win on Saturday, just from a matchup perspective, even as good as Milwaukee is. Yeah, the way you describe the three matchups with these teams, it reminds me, for those who follow tennis, it's like the Federer, Nadal, Djokovic trio. Like they mm-hmm. could beat each other, but then lose to one of them. So it's very similar to that. But I think that was a huge win on Saturday, man. You mentioned uh, inconsistencies in terms of the Milwaukee Bucks offense, but they gave up 48 points in that fourth quarter to the Sixers. They almost gave up 50 points in a quarter at home, fourth quarter, primetime game. I mean, that is... That's terrible defense. I know the Sixers were hot. I know they were basically playing with, uh, you know, super free because they were down by double digits. Um, but getting that win on the road, and I'll say this: James Harden last uh, Saturday night, thirty-eight, nine, and ten. If he is the second best player on the court, arguably the third best player on the court, I think the Sixers are going to have two of the top three, right? Because you know Embiid is going to deliver night in and night out. So a series against against the Bucks, they're going to have two of the top three players. After that, it's it's a wash, right? We we both of us are really high on Drew Holiday. The Sixers are just so deep. So I mean I like Philly, man. I like Philly in that series. And I'll mention again, I like Philly for the for the conference. So going back to last season, look at this last season. Yeah, it looks like the Sixers have won with Embiid playing. They've won three of the last five matchups versus the Bucks. So that's mm-hmm. promising, right? Like that's like a, that's like a, a a pretty good thing. I've liked this matchup just because to me the Bucks want to play so physical and so big. Well, you know if you have Joel Embiid, you're obviously well suited to play pretty big and pretty physical. Uh, if you you know Harden, I think is a good counter to like. Look, Drew Holiday is a phenomenal defender, but if you're going to have a guard that can actually go back and get buckets on him, you know, I think James Harden's pretty good there. The depth is good. They have the wing shooting. P.J. Tucker uh, is a good counter to Giannis Antetokounmpo. He left that game as well as Tobias Harris. Like, the Sixers got the win shorthanded, which which is really impressive. So, mm-hmm. like, all these kind of factors combined, like, I do kind of uh, kind of think that it's at least a better matchup for them. Um, so, like, the path for the, Celt- for the Sixers to me is they wind up in the 2-3, which they're you know, they're not slated to be in currently because Boston is now two back and somebody else takes care of Boston for them. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is the way that they get, that they get there. It's like, they can take, I think they can beat Milwaukee. They at least have a chance. They're live. I think versus Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can beat Boston. And right now they're slated to have Boston in their bracket. So if we're going to say that the Sixers have value at plus seven fifty to win the Eastern conference, what are the matchups that you think can give the Celtics trouble? If we look at, at their side of things. Yeah, it's it's. T- I think the Celtics control their own destiny. I know they're in second place in the East, but it feels like their ceiling is just higher than any team in the East. But you know, especially you know when it comes to playoff time, it really does depend on matchups. And I think a matchup with like you know the Cavs backcourt and their dynamic guards there, it's gonna negate Tatum and Brown. Um, so I think like Cavs can potentially be an issue for them. I think Boston is not worried about. Uh, Giannis and the Bucks, to be honest. Uh, I think they kind of got over that mental hurdle a couple years ago. But I do want to pose a question to you, and I mentioned him earlier, but Chris Middleton, Saturday night, Matt, 27 minutes, only six points. The majority of those minutes were against the second team of the 76ers. Like, what, what's wrong with him? Because if he's not a legitimate third option for this team, I think the Bucks are are toast. Yeah, I think it's a real concern. Like, this is a reason why um, – one of the reasons why the Celtics are 
you know, they're plus 135 to Bucks 150, and that's shortened a lot, which you'd expect with the Bucks going ahead. The advanced metrics for Boston are way better. Like the advanced numbers for Boston are just way better. Like I have Boston still power rated number one, um, even with the Bucks. Now I have the Bucks projected to win more because it's close. Like it's it's narrow, but and the Bucks now have this this lead, but it's I mean it's very close. Like the last projection I had, I have to run tonight, but my last projection that I had was Bucks at fifty seven point four wins, Celtics at fifty seven point one. Like I have them neck and neck before this loss by the Celtics tonight. So we'll see. Um, I am, I've started to start looking at finals MVP markets to have those ready to like, I don't want to have to think about like, I don't want to see those, that market come about once we get to the playoffs. Cause they will start posting those early. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see those and be like, Ooh, what do I think of this? Like, I want to start thinking about it. Uh, you know, off of this list, right. I do kind of think that if you're going to bet Sixers, just wait and wait till the finals MVP pops on the board and then bet Embiid. Because yep. I don't see any way that Harden gets it over Joel. I don't see any way that the Sixers win a final series without Joel having a monster series. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to bet them to win the title, you should just bet. And hopefully they'll they'll post Eastern Conference MVP as well, because that would be great, right? If we could just bet the Eastern Conference MVP, which they're going to add this year. If we could bet that, that I think would be phenomenal. Uh, Tatum's going to be the favorite based off of this number like that just that's pretty clear are there some candidates that you think might have some value when those numbers start to come out either for finals mvp or conference finals mvp i think donovan mitchell is great value again i'm not that high on the Cavs, but i think as a, as a player in terms of metrics he's not that far behind jason tatum tatum has you know a, a few inches on him rebounds a little better I think Mitchell is just as clutch, and when he gets it going, I mean, we saw him have a 70-point game earlier this season. He can easily do that again in the playoffs. It was weird for him last year because of the whole, you know, Utah Jazz vibe with Gobert and stuff. But if you if you remember in the bubble, Donovan Mitchell was like a top-five player. It's in him to perform at that high level in the playoffs. So I think it's great value for him. If people like Jason Tatum's game, I think Donovan Mitchell is, is pretty similar, to be honest. All right, let's go to the weekend recap. We'll talk about some of the games from the weekend. We already covered the Sixers uh, and the Bucks game on Saturday night. Let's talk about another marquee matchup. Uh, I have my having myself a phenomenal day betting on Sunday. Uh, I had Suns. I had <laughs> over Booker, one and a half assists in the first quarter. That hit. Over five and a half assists for the game. That hit. Had uh, Mavericks team total under. That didn't hit because Tim Hardaway Jr. went nuts in the second quarter. Thanks, THJ. But I did have Suns <laughs> on the money line. And that hits. Nice. So the Suns go to three and zero with Kevin Durant as they sneak by the Dallas Mavericks late when Luka Doncic misses uh, a game winner, and then Luka and Devin Booker exchange pleasantries. They get to know each other just a little bit better as far as what their faces look like right next to each other, smushed up against each other. You know, look, the Suns have now taken I think two of three from Dallas, and with KD. Yeah, there, there was this rivalry and then, you know, they beat him last year in the playoffs and all this kind of thing. And it was like the Mavericks fans were very much like, we own you. I kind of wonder if the presence of Kevin Durant kind of negates this. And now the Suns have just kind of ascended beyond Dallas. Oh, a- that said, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but Albert, this was still like a really, I thought this would be like the Suns defense would take care of things. They would, they would outclass them. And that wasn't what happened today. Like KD hits a, a clutch jumper and Luca misses a wide open bunny. And that's the only reason this doesn't go to OT. Do we, I mean, do we, yes, the theoretically the sun should be light years beyond, but I do kind of wonder, I am, I will say this. 
there's no way for the market not to overreact to them going to three and zero. But it's Charlotte, mm-hmm. Chicago, and then Dallas in a close one. I, I it's I test. I love them. I love what they look like. I think they look phenomenal. I think Devin Booker Finals MVP is the one I'm waiting for. Like that's what I really mm-hmm. want to bet. But I feel like there's with the way that the conversation is evolving. I kind of wonder if this is gonna we're gonna see another surge here as the Suns' numbers shorten, which is gonna give us some other options in the Western Conference. Yeah, first of all, great look on a Devin Booker assist angle. I think that's gonna be a wagon for the rest of the season with Kevin Durant, especially with Chris Paul's dissension, if you will, as a as the primary ball handler for that team. Good look there. Um, no, I. I don't think you're going to expect Tim Hardaway to hit six, seven threes, six or seven threes every game to keep this game close. I think the Suns got 130 really easily on Dallas, to be honest. And the Mavericks needed an amazing shooting night from Tim Hardaway. But you're right. When it is close like that, you still have, you know, top 10 talents in Luka and Kyrie that gives you a shot. Uh, Kyrie was making ridiculous, you know, and one layups. You can't expect that every game as well. So, I think if they played seven games in a seven-game series, and this pains me to say it, I think Phoenix would would beat them in five games. Oof, oof! Like the call there. We'll have to to bring that one back if they face each other in a four or five matchup. Uh, meanwhile, this team that the Suns would currently face in a matchup would would be actually the Golden State Warriors, who got Steph Curry back on Sunday. A lot of excitement uh, for that game. You know, oh, Steph's back, all these types of things. I took Lakers. I said, you got to hold your nose and just take the Lakers here. What do you know? The Warriors get it done because the the Warriors can't win at home, on the road, Albert. Like, they cannot. No, Steph Curry, no Steph Curry, doesn't matter. They can't win on the road. This is now, they are before this game. So now I think they've just passed them again. They are at this time the worst against the spread team on the road in the last 20 years. Like they are dead last. They are sub 30% against the spread on the road. Uh, just an absolutely in- incredible how this team struggles. I we're gonna be here, we're gonna be trapped here, right? Because like the Warriors did win five in a row. So it's like they win five in a row. Okay, you get hit with an LA night life game, Steph's coming back, etc. But like I just I I don't know how to reconcile how bad they are on the road and try and get a sense of like who this team is. How do you possibly bet on or against this team with these home road splits with Golden State? Yeah, for those who don't 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 bet that often, just from a straight up standpoint, they're seven and twenty-four on the road. There's only two game two teams worse than that, Matt. The San Antonio Spurs and the Houston Rockets in the entire NBA. So they have the third worst road record straight up, 7-24. and 24. How do you bet this team? In my opinion, you lay off. You stay away as far as you can uh, from this team because they're not going to have home court advantage in any round. And then if you expect this arguably the worst road team ever to somehow win the majority of your road road team or road games to advance in the playoffs, I mean, that's that's just not going to add up for me. I still think they are live at the end of the day is still Steph Curry, transcendent player. He came back today and still scored 27, but you could, you could tell that when he comes back, it's, it's a little different for Jordan Poole. It's a little different for Clay Thompson. So even though Steph Curry, who is a, 
you know, like a staple there at Golden State, you still have to reintegrate him into the flow there. Um, but moving forward, man, like let's look at the Lakers. The Lakers right now are basically tied for 10th place. They're in the play-in. They're only three games away from fifth, which is insane to think about. And if, if you look at the Western Conference right now, all the teams from six to 15, right? So everyone below Golden State, they are the only team with a winning record in the last 10 games. So everyone is sliding. And then this team is basically hovering at 500, which is moving up. So if this team can somehow uh, continue to to tread water and then get LeBron James back in two and a half, three weeks, maybe they make some noise. I'm still not a believer yet. For me, it's it's, it's the Suns and the Nuggets, but uh, we'll see. We'll see moving forward. Well, let's talk about those Denver Nuggets who on Friday got – what I think I've called this their last big win of the season. Every other game from here on out essentially is just like they have the Suns. It'll be like a marquee matchup, so to speak. But Denver's done in terms of building resume. Um, mm-hmm. The winner of the Grizzlies puts them up five in the loss column and clinches tiebreaker. Uh, I'll go ahead and call it. The Nuggets are going to be the one seed. It's done. Nope. Yeah, trying to catch Denver five up with home with with tiebreakers too much. The uh, Kings are behind them seven back. It's not going to happen. Denver's going to be the one seed in the Western Conference. Meanwhile, let's talk about the Memphis Grizzlies, though, who, man, what a rough night. Grizz. Uh, okay, so they go into the game with all the drama around. Um, you know, they got this this stuff going on with John Morant. It's continuing. During the game, they lose Brandon Clark. He suffers an Achilles tear. He's done for the season. Awful, awful, awful. Uh, their best lineup, their playoff best lineup was going to be Ja, Brooks, Bain, Brandon Clark, Jaron in a small, small ball switch all the Brandon Clark's ability to play last year was the only reason that Memphis got past the Minnesota Timberwolves. He was the only reason that they were able to get past them. So his absence looms absolutely huge. Like you have Xavier Tillman, who I thought did great work versus Jokic, but they're really up against it. There Jago's on Instagram flashes a gun on Instagram live in the midst of all this time of stuff suspended two games spending time away trying to get his head right whatever's i mean part of me is like he didn't like break down crying he's laughing showing a gun in the strip club but whatever it's fine however you want to interpret this um you know dylan brooks gets suspended for the sunday night game but whatever that was just like a a tech suspension we had questions about this memphis team i've said all year that they were no bet that their half court offense makes them completely unbettable this is spiraling now and now there's like real concern about the kings overtaking them for the two seed um, I don't like to do the hot take stuff because there's a lot of time. There's a month between now and the playoffs, but I have to ask the question for you. Are the Memphis Grizzlies done? I wouldn't say done. Um, it's really going to depend. So right now the suspension is two games, but then he's also taking a leave of absence, which is indefinite is what we learned tonight. So we don't know how that's going to, how, how long that's going to go. The Kings continue to be the number one offense in the league. So I, I do expect the Kings. And by, by the way, I love my Pacific bet. Uh, Pacific Division bet to uh, for the Kings to win plus 470 the other day, by the way. Um, but the Kings, best offense in the league, you know, and I expect them to get to that to that number two seed. Uh, but the Grizzlies, I think they they still have the pedigree. They still have, um, you know, if Jaw does return, still has uh, the talent there that's very, very, you know, su- supremely superior in terms of the point guard position. It's just something I wouldn't touch, man. Like, Without Brandon Clark, it does take away a lot of the versatility on defense. Um, he's a great finisher around the rim, too. Where Memphis is scary is when they're running down the court 
running down your throat and they have three, you know, horses that can dunk from the free throw line, basically um, leading the break. Like those are, those are very, very scary moments. We already know that game is going to slow down in the playoffs. So you're not going to get as much transition opportunities there, but I don't think they're dead. It's something it's, it's more of a wait and see. And if you believe in this team, um, you could get a really good number in a week or two. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Finally, before we get to our best bets for the night, we're going to talk about six man of the year. We talked about this all year, about how there's not a great candidate. Okay, and we've talked about, like, I bet Norman Powell a lot. I have a big liability on Norman Powell. He should win. I don't think he's going to win now. Uh, suffered a subluxation, sub, sub, the sub thing on his shoulder. Suffered a sprained shoulder. <laughs> and is out for a while. Uh, we'll see when he comes the back. The odds are changing as we speak, by the way. It's moving right now. Yeah. Um, the other guy, you know, Russell Westbrook, obviously, now starting. So that doesn't make any sense. Manual quickly of the New York Knicks. Uh, two weeks ago, it was plus 12,000. He was plus 3,200 last week. He was plus 220 before the Celtics game. I bet him then, uh, along with a, a rack and parlay with the others. Uh, and he's plus 115 right now. I, I dare you to hit refresh, Matt. Hit refresh on that browser right now. Okay, I, I will. I will just. Why I don't. I don't see what could possibly have changed. Why would it have changed that much in the last? Plus, 20- plus money is gone. You're kidding me. Plus money is gone. He is the front runner, tied with Malcolm Brogdon at minus one ten. I mean, amazing COV for you in the last three hours. It, it's true, but why? Like, <laughs> look, look. I think quickly is phenomenal. Again, if if we had ever, I. It's not that I'm, I necessarily mind it, right? Um, from a, if you ask me from a who deserves a standpoint, uh, it should go to a guy that's actually impactful for the bench. Like that's actually what should be the definition of six man to me. Like these guys that have won it just by basically chucking up shots and scoring, um, I, I don't have all that much respect for. Like, or I have respect for him. I don't necessarily think that that's like what the award should be voted on. Like, like that's mm-hmm. not how the award should be decided. However, this is that's how it's always been decided. That's how we bet it. Like that's how we bet it was based <laughs> off of the precedent of all these things. And instead, yeah. you have Emmanuel quickly averaging twelve point two points, uh, two point eight assists, three point nine <laughs> rebounds, taking uh nine point four shots per game, 
and he's now the sixth man of the year because of his impact in defense. What world are we living in, Albert? Where are we? Where are we? Can we just throw this award away, man? Yeah. Like we, the last ten years of basketball, the argument has been there's no there's no position, right? There's it's positionless basketball. So when you look at all NBA's NBA All Star games, get rid of the guard and forward and center, just do five of the top players. Let's get rid of the six man too, because at the end of the day. You're going to have your closing five. I think those five are your most important. Your six man generally is part of that five, right? So I don't know. It's it's just an award. And we've been following this basically the entire 82 games. And the movement here, you know, with these bookmakers, it just doesn't make any sense, man. I bet Brogdon. I bet Pal. I bet Bunk. I bet Maxi. I bet. I didn't bet, bet Russ. Bet Jordan Poole in preseason. Um yeah, I bet Bogdanovich. It's it's rough out there. I bet Ben McMaffer. This is what's crazy. Ben McMaffer is tied with Powell for scoring. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Uh, and, th- but and there he's you go. Plus twenty four thousand. So I guess like the only question I really have about quickly is is this is this just going to be one of those things where it's like there wasn't a clear winner, so it wasn't decided, and quickly played well for six weeks, and the Knicks were awesome at the right time, and they won. Is that it? I mean, he did have 38 tonight, national TV, Sunday night in Boston. I mean, that's, that is a marquee performance there, but I'm looking at the past winners, right? You're talking about the precedent that has been, has been set. Um, Last year, Hero, 20.7 points, Clarkson, 18.4, Montrez, 18.6, Lou Williams, back-to-back 20 pointers, Eric Gordon, 16.2. The lowest was Jamal Crawford in 2016. Average only 14 points, 1.8 rebounds, and 2.3 assists. Could just be a replication of that. Crazy. All right, let's do some best bets for Monday. As always, we'll just give our best bets, and then we'll go back and do the cap. What's your best bet for Monday in the association, Albert? I love the way that you analyze the Nuggets moving forward because I am going to fade them tomorrow. I don't think they're going to lose, but I do like the Raptors. I think they are a live dog on the road plus seven in Denver. Okay, uh, I am going to take the Denver Nuggets minus seven, <laughs> seven versus nice. the Toronto Raptors. That's one of my plays. Uh, I'm also going to take the Kings minus five and a half versus the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, we'll see what some of the injury stuff winds up on that. And I'm going to take as well. I have one total play and that's going to be uh, the over in Celtics Cavs. That's going to be the overplay for me there 218 and a half all right uh let's start with you why do you like the raptors tomorrow night taking on the denver nuggets yeah i I think they're uh, it's hard to quantify hunger or or motivation but they're still in it in terms of like a playoff seed getting into the playoffs i think toronto has that going for them they're they are playing a lot better and i would argue this is the most healthy they've been all season long you look at their injury report i think there's only one guy on there it's usually like six, seven, eight different people. They're six and two in their last eight games. So they're playing a lot better, um, including a win on the road on uh, Saturday night. So they're they're going to be rested. Um, and I think, I think from a Denver perspective, this is more capping Denver and, and not Toronto, to be honest. Like you said, I think Denver's resume is set as far as like uh, the, the teams that they're playing this week. Toronto, Chicago, San Antonio, and Brooklyn. This is like a high potential to overlook these guys and or 
load manage some of your players in Denver just because they have the number one seed wrapped up. So I do like Toronto. Um, I just think that they have the the wings to to deal with Denver's wings. No one's going to be able to stop Joker, but if you're able to kind of contain the rest of the guys, then you have a good shot. And seven to me is a big number. Okay. Uh, my counter for this would be they really care about the home record. They really care about the home record. And you're right that the number is definitely different from like the win-loss. But like at seven, you know, if this gets into five, then it's like basically a pretty close game. Like it's hard for you yeah. to have a comfortable five point win. Um, Denver does care about protecting that home court. Denver, I think, will keep the pedal down for a little bit. Like they don't have much more to gain, but they do like you gotta you do gotta win out. Their magic number is 13 for the number one seed. You gotta get to, I don't know, eight wins at mm-hmm. least probably less than that, but like you got to get the seven or eight wins. And so you might as well get it done early. So you can do the back half of it. Michael Malone's talked about getting the number one seed overall in the, in the NBA. I think he's got a little bit of interest in that, but it's not going to push for it beyond the, beyond the injuries. Um, the, the biggest thing here is just like Denver just plays so damn well at home. And I don't think they're necessarily wired to, it's a letdown spot for sure. So like if, if we'll, it's good that we're head to head here because it's either the letdown spot or it's the trend of Denver being home where they've been absolutely dynamite against the spread. Mm-hmm. I make this 12. I can't get to, like, I just can't get there. Right. So even no matter what the letdown spot is, even if I give three points for a letdown spot, I'm still two ahead of the number. I yeah. got to lay seven with the Denver nuggets. Um, the Pelicans and the Kings uh, Kings are on a three and four, but they are home um, only laying five and a half here. So obviously like it's a little bit of a, of a weird uh, number when we look at it, I'm going to check the injury report actually right now because I assume that there's going to be something on there that, yeah, De'Aaron Fox is questionable with hamstring soreness, which is why this number is lower. Uh, Fox might play. It's questionable, right? Entirely possible he plays. Even if he doesn't, this Pelicans team has just been so bad and the Kings have been good enough at home. Um, I think they have enough to get the win, minus five and a half. I can't. I've downgraded the Pelicans. I, I have been less aggressive with downgrading them than with some spots, and I just don't know that I can get there with the Kings and how they're playing. I think the Kings really believe they can win this division and get the three seed. And now they're in spot in, in within sight of the two. So like, there's a lot of opportunities here. I'll go ahead and I'll lay the points uh, with the Kings to light the beam once again. Uh, finally, I'll take the over in Celtics versus Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. This is a number spot. This number is really low. Now look, the Celtics are going to rest a bunch of guys because it's the, the second night of a back-to-back. That makes me like it even better. Like I love taking overs when guys are in a rest spot because the bench guys usually have more energy and run up and down the floor. And especially even if it's lopsided, that just means again, up and down and up and down and up and down. And when we got this kind of a game, you know, look, the Cavaliers defense is absolutely elite, no question, but 218 and a half is simply too low for me. Um, I do think these two teams have a high level of, execution offensively and they have a lot of weapons so i'll go ahead and take the over 218 and a half on celtics Cavs. any thoughts on those no i like i like the over there same with you if the line is moving hard to the under because it's the second night of back-to-back or because people are resting i do like to go contrarian there and uh without robert williams and our malcolm brogdon you know the celtics defense is going to be bad again tonight so um i like that i like that look a lot might join you All right, let's go wrap it up for your weekend recap and best bets episode for Monday. Make sure to download the Action Network app. Best way for you to track your picks. You get all sorts of great information. Get set for March Madness with the Action Network app. Uh, Our thanks to David Payne, our producer. Appreciate him helping us out tonight. My thanks to Albert for joining me. We'll see you guys again tomorrow with the best bets episode with Albert and Jay Money. We'll see you guys again then. Till then, let's get buckets.
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.